Numinous Podcast with Carmen Spaniola. Hi there, and welcome to the Numinous Podcast, where we have interesting conversation with everyday folks about the mystery of life. On this podcast today, I'm happy to host my friend and colleague, Lindsay Rose Turner. Lindsay Rose is an experienced shiatsu practitioner and Reiki healer, and she's also a fellow intuition development teacher, just like me. Lindsay Rose has had more than her fair share of tragedy, and I think that in some ways is what makes her such a powerful and potent healer, and today she talks to us about how the healer heals herself. Rose, I know that you've experienced a number of deeply saddening and just profoundly transformative experiences of loss through death, through, you know, accidents, all different ways. And so you're a person who's very experienced with grief. And I'm wondering, of all the losses, which has been the most difficult for you to go through? I think I have, as you mentioned, I have been through quite a few losses through death, whether it is family members, whether it is friends, all quite sudden and tragic. And so I felt like I had been through been through it also if another one happened I would be prepared but when about 3 to 4 years ago coming up to 4 years ago now I lost who I considered my soul sister uh she was a cousin uh in my family and her and I had that strong spiritual connection. She was one of the very few people in my life that I had a spiritual soulful connection with. Mm-hmm. And her loss was again, very sudden and tragic. Um, you know, one moment we were with her and the next moment she went to grab some salad dressing, hopped in her car and didn't come home. So yeah. So that loss, it, it, the, the transformation, the, 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 the processing of it lasted. I like, like almost like even a couple of years really intensely for the first few months where I was almost incapable of even so much as even grocery shopping or, or making dinner. Um, but I could feel the remnants of that grief and of that mourning period lasting well into a couple of years. So can you describe to me what that morning was like? Cause you were with her on the day she died. Yeah, well, I was with her the, the, the evening before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we had spent um, we had spent an amazing evening in in with, with um, her daughter and her mom, my mom and I, uh, for dinner, and then of course we got into our soulful chit chatting that evening. And then yes, the next morning was when um, you know I remember my mom had just seen her, and then we got that phone call just within a couple hours saying that she uh, was, had been in an accident with a train and, and had passed away. So yeah, that, that morning period, that grief was really intense. Like it was really, it was very shocking that um, this happened because it had happened again, meaning she had also lost her brother. So my aunt had lost both her kids at like now so it was very shocking and and that it happened again to this family. Mm. And here we were to now figure it out and what what was going to happen with her kids, what was going to happen, you know, for me it was about 
wow, who am I going to go to and who, who's going to be my soulful advisor in my life now? You know, she's gone. She's just instantly gone. And so that was very hard to, in a way, kind of work through and move through was that kind of loss of somebody who was a key person in my life on that soulful spiritual level. And did you feel bereft when you would go into prayer or meditation? Could you sense her with you or was it just a vacancy there? To start out with, it was this vacancy, but in a way it was, I think me blocking it, meaning for other people I lost and as well as some of the work I do with my clients, very easily I can communicate with people who have passed away and in different ways and different forms. And so I thought that because I had had this already spiritual, soulful connection with her here on earth in this lifetime, that it would have been a breeze for me to do after she had died. And I'd gotten a message from her that, that, that day that it happened. Um, and I knew that she was okay and with her brother and her dad, um, that they were there, like kind of helping her through that transition. So after that, though, it was a good month or two before I was able to be in a place where I could reach out to her. And she, in a way, kept kind of knocking on my <laughs> spiritual door saying, Lindsay, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to communicate. Because she, she, I felt that I could really feel her while I would be in an energy session with a client. Mm. And so here I was, this open beacon of communication and energy in those moments. And so she would try to almost come in through that time frame for me, which wasn't appropriate because, you know, my focus would be with the client. So, um after that was happening, I actually got in touch with uh, with a spiritual advisor who uh, taught me at school, and she recommended that I carve out time uh, to be in touch with her. Mm. And so when I realized that, okay, I, I need to do this, I need to face this, um, and I guess because there was that haunting question of why, why did this happen now? Like, why? Why did you leave your kids? Why did you leave me? Why did you? And I wasn't ready in a way to hear the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and what but, meaning do you make of that now? Like now looking back, does it make sense to you? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And as soon as I literally after that, I hung up the phone with my, with my spirit, with my spiritual mentor. Um, I was like, okay, tonight's the night lit candles, made it a beautiful sacred space for myself. Um, and just went there, just went into that place of saying, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear you now and to listen and to ask. And as soon as I did that, it was just this, I don't know, this overwhelming sense of peace and serenity in a way of realizing that I still had this soulful connection with her no matter what, you know, it's instead of picking up the phone now, I pick up my the phone of my heart and the phone of my soul and I ring her and say, and, and it's great because I'll always get her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no voicemail, right. no voicemail. <laughs> and do you think that after that, your grief was, um, you know, like, did it dissipate? Was it just more manageable? You know, what, what shifted after you had that, se- that session with her that night? It was that feeling of, in a way, abandonment, um, dissipated for me because I still then felt her with me all the time. Mm -hmm. And we became almost like partners in spiritual crime together, (laughs) meaning we would, you know, like often she's one of my actually strongest 
I almost want to say sole advisors now of both my life. And if I'm working with clients, I'll often call her in almost as this guide and angel of being like, I feel like I'm missing something. Can you give me some insight? And I can clearly just hear her voice and she just guides me. So there is that feeling of now having her, you know, back here as this truly a soul sister now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the feelings of abandonment uh, eased up, but what fell into the place was this deep, um, feeling of not being safe. So, and that presented itself through anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so a lot, it'd be the strangest thing. Well, not strangest things, but like it would get triggered just very randomly. And so I could just be having an amazing day and all of a sudden I'd hear an ambulance go by and boom, like I would just go into an anxiety attack. Like it was just, it was just, it was just instant. Um, and so there was, that was sort of the leftover of that grieving process for me. So then I had to find tools to kind of work through that. What did you use specifically? For that, a lot of meditation, um, emotional freedom technique, mm-hmm. uh, hypnotherapy. Which is also called tapping, right? Just yeah. for people yeah. who've seen that on Facebook or yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So a lot of tapping, a lot of, um, I went to, I did a couple of hypnotherapy uh, sessions because I had used hypnotherapy in the past for other anxiety things, not to this degree. Um, it wasn't quite as this deep. Um, and the way I have over the last few years, in a way, Jean Anne's death really taught me how to kind of move through any loss or any, um, I won't say uncomfortableness. It doesn't even have to be around loss. It was, I truly just felt like felt the way I felt. I allowed the feelings to be present. So when I was anxious, as it came up, I just, I loved the part of me that was anxious. Mm. I, and so I, I became my own nurturer in those moments. And so I don't have conversations with myself being like, Lindsay, I, I, I see that you're, I can feel that you are upset right now, that you're nervous, that you're scared, that, you know, whatever that, that those feelings were, I got in touch with what that was. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay that you feel this way right now. Just let it go. Like, like meaning let it out, let it out. Mm. So no, do you- Do you think, it sounds like you think, um, or you've experienced that you can get better at grief. Do you think that that, do you think it's possible for us to inoculate ourselves from grief? Oh, that is a really intriguing question. I don't know, because since Jeanne has died, I've gone through other losses of other forms. Um, I think within... A year and a half of her passing away, I had another friend um, who was in an accident and had a near-death experience and was in a coma and almost didn't make it, but then did come back, and now and I was fine. And after he went through that experience, and, and, and I went through that experience with him, um, everything flushed out again from mm-hmm. how I felt, not, not quite to the same degree uh, as, as that year and a half earlier. But so in a way, I don't know, I feel that maybe life just continually allows these emotions and these feelings to come up and it doesn't even have to be of the same magnitude of, you know, a loss, meaning a death. Right, right. Um, I, I, I've recently gone through a breakup of a six year relationship and it was amazing how there's a lot of similarities in what I was feeling there of how I feel when I lose somebody. Well, that's interesting because I, I, because I, I know you and we've worked together. Um, you know, we 
we've provided spiritual guidance for each other at different times. <laughs> and so, you know, I think it's okay for me to say that you were quite conscious in your uncoupling, you know, like it was a mutual uh, breakup, right? It's not yeah. like this was a big surprise. And yeah. so that's interesting that the grief is still as, um, you know, it still rocks your world. Yes. What I've been able to, for me, figure out though, is that everything almost, I want to say patterns in my life, but it's as if I really do feel like I came here to this earth to learn, to learn different lessons. And it seems that life just keeps pulling up different scenarios in order for me to go even like a bit deeper into that lesson. And so for me, a, a lot of it is about almost, I want to say almost like abandonment, um, and it's not that it's not that I've actually really had that other than, you know, people, you know, I've come from a very loving and supportive family and we're very close knit. Um, so it's not that it even stemmed from there, but it was this feeling of, um, I don't know. So I find that through each kind of thread of the tapestry as it, as it gets woven, you know, similar feelings will arise in different situations. And so I feel that even though I've done healing work on it before, I'm presented with other ways that I need to, in a way, allow it to surface and to release and to acknowledge it and and, and to love it mm-hmm. in order for it to release again. And yeah, so in a way I feel like I don't, I don't know if, I'll, if I ever will be done. Because I, I, I wouldn't describe everything as grief either. Um, that feels like a heavy word to me. Mm. Sometimes How would you describe it? Acknowledgement of what it is I'm feeling. So if it's sadness, then just acknowledgement of sadness, opposed to being saying like I'm grieving right now, say through say through the parting of ways with this relationship. Um, I didn't feel like I was so much in a grief period, but more of a, an acknowledgement of, wow, I feel abandoned right now. I don't feel good enough right now. I, I feel like I'm not loved. I feel like I've been left behind. Um, those feel That came, uh, he moved on fairly quickly after we had parted um, into another relationship. And that's when things started stirring up for me mm, um, right. emotionally. And that's when, like, <laughs> so I say, like, the rough and tumble patch ha- happened uh, last year for me. Right. And how um, did you move through that specifically? Because that's, I think that's a kind of grief that, uh, or sadness or pain that like many of us can um, relate to that life moves on while you're yeah. still feeling it. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, for me, again, going back to, I just allowed the feelings to be present. So if I was sad. I cried. I cried a lot. I cried one day. I, I was just making some chicken saute stir fry and boom, something just hit me about, about it all. And next thing I knew, I'm like literally on the floor curled up, mm. sobbing, the kind like where the snots smudged across your face, the hair stuck to it, the dog's looking at you questioningly, like what's going on? <laughs> and I just like that heaving sobbing sighs were just there and I didn't even know what I was crying about either I just knew I was sad and and I just waited and then it passed it just I didn't I didn't convince myself of anything I didn't you know I just let I just literally cried it out got up realized dinner was 
ruined. <laughs> at that, thankfully, I had cake in my fridge and had cake for dinner. And so for me, it was just being present and and feeling every feeling that came up and allowing it to be there, giving giving it a loving space to be there to to surface and then to release. And then what do you do? And then I. I did a lot of soulful and spiritual exercises and, and that's what had helped me as well through other uh, loss of through death as well. So drawing a lot of angel cards for guidance. And and for me, it was just assurances. I just needed to be, I swear every card I drew, I was able to attach a meaning of, Oh, this means I'm moving on. This means I'm going to be happy in three months. This means I'm going to have another great love in my life. Like no matter what the card was, like that's how I interpret it. But I needed that. I needed that assurance from this, the, the, you know, from these cards. Um, I also, I, I'm a Reiki master. And so I know the benefit of being able to have somebody else help to surface and release that energy, that heaviness that can weigh on the chest and the shoulders and, settle in. So yeah, I went and worked with other Reiki masters who, and I, I just allowed myself to be taken care of. Mm. Um, I rolled out, even though I don't really do yoga, um, I rolled out my yoga mat and just laid and did, I guess, yin yoga and just stretched and stretched and cried some days, stretched and laughed other days. And yeah, so just stretched it out. I snuggled with my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's a go-to. He just, seems, you know, just having that connection with this other being that loves you unconditionally. So is that reminder that no matter what, I am loved. And yeah. not just by this dog, but by, you know, everything I believe in as well. And so when you are working in your practice as a as a Reiki practitioner and you also do shiatsu massage, um when you're doing healing work or when you're teaching intuitive work in your intuition cl- uh, classes, do you ever do you ever notice the inner saboteur who's like you're such a sham, you're such a fraud because you're always, you know, you were just crying on the floor last night eating cake for dinner. Like do you ever have that or are you always able to, you know, like like stay in that place of self-care? Cuz I just I I wish my inner guide was as gentle and kind as you are all the time it sounds like to yourself <laughs> it's it's not always it's it's really been through these last few years um of figuring out like being like oh I kind of need a new way of dealing with this stuff because <laughs> the old way of just shutting it down isn't working mm-hmm. um yeah as in feeling like a bit of a a bit of a you know putting on a fake face for other people um in the work that like when I'm with them at first I would, but in all truth, I've learned to try to be as present as possible, meaning, and, and, and to allow both spectrums of the process to be, to be present. So if I'm happy, then I acknowledge that I'm happy. And if I'm at peace, I'm at peace. But if I'm crying and sad, I'm sad. And to me, there's space in a day for all of that to be present. So just because I was crying in the morning and heart was wrenching then, when usually I arrive at my office and I see this beautiful soul walk into my office who needs to be taken care of, truly in that moment, I, I feel like I am purposeful. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it, it didn't feel like I was, you know, lying in saying, like, when they ask, oh, how are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm well right now. Because right now in that moment, I was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel the same when I have, 
you know, like something will be happening at home or whatever, things kind of go off the rails. And then I have this nice 11 minute walk to get to my office. And sometimes like I just have the music blaring in my headphones and I'm mouthing the words that like, I don't care that the traffic's seeing me and the sun is on my face. And truly it's a transformative, it's like a medicine walk. And I get to the office and I don't, I'm just in a different kind of space. I've just hollowed out and now spirit is just moving through me mm-hmm. and all of that stuff I will be present to when I get back to it. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I sort of feel the same way that it's like, that actually I find that quite restorative yes. to be in that moment and be like, ah, I get to be a channel for something greater to come down. And I'm, and it's like both of us, it's like that person is stalled on the side of the road and I'm going to come up with the battery and give them a little boost. <laughs> and we're both going to go happily on our way, right? <laughs> Feeling more energized. Absolutely. And one of my, um, one of my other resources that I love, um, I'm sure some of your listeners know of Danielle Laporte and her um, kind of main platform right now is called Core Desired Feelings. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was about getting in touch with how I ideally would love to feel. And, And so for me, a lot of that on my Core Desired Feelings is to feel fulfilled and purposeful, inspired and loved. And so in the work that I do with other people, whether it's teaching or, or, or one-to-one work, I truly do feel fulfilled with them and purposeful. So in a way, everything I was desiring to feel, it, it, it was almost as if my clients were giving me that gift during those, the, that, that time of, of change and transition and moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I also found, though, as well, that... Uh, outside of, I almost want to say one-to-one sessions and when I'm directly working with people, um, cause for me, it's like, they're there, it's they're paying me, it's their time to be taken care of, but sort of outside of that through social media or through, um, my own blog and that I actually found that by being honest and exploring and expressing my own vulnerability of saying, you know what, I'm not okay right now, or, you know, like, wow, I'm really struggling with this, but this has helped me so far. And so I found actually sharing that with others. It was amazing how in a way other people's response makes it, um, and I almost would see people like take a big breath and be like, Oh, you're human too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't know how, why people think that, those of us maybe who do this work, we, that, that we magically never, ever feel hurt or we never feel sad or we never feel anything negative um, because we have all these resources and we're so easily able to guide other people to a place of okayness. Um, yeah, so in a way I found that expressing my vulnerability of when I wasn't doing so well to people, it allowed them to almost soften around me a little bit more and relax around me a little bit more. And, and it was almost about getting over this hump of asking for the support as well Hmm. without without specifically having to say like hi I need your support I did do that uh to my you know my close circle of friends when you know through deaths and through the breakups and and all that like I'd specifically message them or text them and just say I need you right now I'm not doing well Mm -hmm. you know I just need you to listen or I need you to vent with me or I need you to bring that cake over and maybe a bottle of wine, (laughs) maybe double double it up on both accounts (laughs) and pick whatever you want for yourself. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I found the same thing when I sent an 
an email, a newsletter once and was like, so I left my marriage. Don't worry, I came back, but here's what things have been like for me lately. And uh, I, I also found that there was something very deepening about being that honest and that it resonated more deeply with people. And I, and there is a myth that when you're a healer, people think, well, it kind of speaks to my earlier question that people think you're inoculated from pain. And that's just something everybody should know. We're going to, we're just going to tell you, Lindsay Rose and I are telling you right now that becoming spiritually attuned and connected does not inoculate you from pain. If anything, you're more acutely aware (laughs) of all the layers and depths. So Uh, Another thing I know that you've been doing around the breakup was uh, love school. Yes, yes. Tell me a little bit about what's been most helpful about love school. Well, love school. Oh, I love love school. Love school is a derivative of Locate Your Soulmate um, website. And yeah, love school is... Oh, gosh, I I almost don't have words to describe it because it's been so... It's been so beneficial for me, meaning it's a way to kind of work through, I'm going to say singlehood, but I don't know if I would even say that, Um, but in a spiritual way, it's not about like, oh, you need to do this, this, and this, and this, and say this, and this, and this to get, to get, to get the next partner. It's truly about turning the mirror to yourself and going through these very easy step-by-step modules of forgiveness, forgiving others, forgiving yourself, of um, connecting and embracing guides and angels to help you on your journey. Um, so for me, that means just sort of trusting trusting in a higher source. Uh, that, that I always say like that my angel posse has my back through life. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so love school has been a great spiritual resource for me. Yet, yeah, I think even people who aren't woo-woo spiritual would love it as well because it, because it's not built to that woo-woo level it's just really good stuff yeah and- I agree we now Robin Arnold the creator of love school was on the numinous podcast I think she's episode number four and uh, she talked about her experience of losing her twin brother Reese and how she came to understand how to heal your heart, heal your mind so that you can move forward attracting the kind of love you want in your life in spite of your wounds, in spite of the pain and yes. and, and sometimes even because of. And so she created Love School. And uh, as I was uh, doing some con- consult work with her while the, she was creating it, and I remember just thinking, this is great for me and my marriage. <laughs> this is great yes. for anybody to keep love at the center of their relationships. I mean, it's it's a really great resource and there'll be links to that uh, in the show notes for today. Yes. But I wonder if there was one exercise that uh, you found particularly point, poignant or healing for you from love school. Oh, yes. The thing that resonated the most, I, and I, I, probably, I can't remember exactly what module or what exercise it was. It was that clear message that, that in order to really move on and to move forward, I need to become complete and whole myself, that no other person in this life, so no other man uh, for me, is going to complete me. And I almost want to say like, oh gosh, I just hate that 
Jerry Maguire, you complete me. It's like, to me, I just think that is such BS. And I think that there's all these like hurting hearts out there because of that. They're, they're, because to me, that indicates that you aren't already complete as this being, as a human being, as a soulful spiritual being. Mm-hmm. And so for me, going through that part of love school, that really resonated with me. Um, and as soon as I worked through that, as soon as I, I, did the work around that. And almost, you know, that, that moment of that, truly that aha moment of clarity of like, this really resonates with me. That was it. When I, when I did that was, wow, like, yes, like my next, all my energy right now is going to go into me feeling whole and me feeling complete. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was, um, I think Marianne Williamson also has a quote, uh, from her book, return to love around that as well. And, um, I think it goes something like the purpose of a relationship is not for two incomplete people to become one, but for two complete people to join together for the greater glory of God. Mm. Um, and so I'd actually found that quote almost at the exact same time I was going through Robin's love school at that, you know, in that module. And I was just like, okay, universe, I hear you. Like <laughs> it's about completing me first. Yeah. And, and so that really helped was, um, was just finding that that wholeness within myself and I almost want to say just loving myself up that mm-hmm. I, I'm a beautiful person and I really deserve and am worthy of love but kind of hate to say it like not just other people's love I'm above all worthy of my own love mm-hmm. and yeah so that was a huge game changer for me mm-hmm. Um, in, in that in that journey through through the breakup and and the I must want to say in that 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 I actually don't even like calling it a, a breakup because I call it now our completion. Nice. We, we completed our relationship. Yeah. Nice. So Lindsay Rose, the last question on the Numinous podcast, as you know, is uh, from the Proust questionnaire, and the question is, what do you consider perfect happiness? Oh, I consider perfect happiness, being at peace and loving yourself and just being completely enveloped in that feeling and sensation of love. And whether it's um, both from that divine source of whatever it is you believe in and from yourself, because, well, you are from that divine source. So for me, it's just being enveloped in love, complete, blissful happiness. Mm, I can feel the love. (laughs) In enveloping us right now. Thank you so much for being on the show, Lindsay. Thanks for sharing your experiences and all the amazing tips and tools and advice. And you're, you really inspired me uh, as, as we've watched each other grow and develop as practitioners and in our businesses. I, I'm really honored to count you as a colleague. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Kevin. Oh my goodness, such a good conversation. Okay, let's recap because there were so many highlights and I want to revisit a couple of good ones. I really like how Lindsay Rose, when she described the advice that her spiritual mentor gave her, it was to carve out time to be with our loved ones who've died. That to me is very special. And I know that uh, whenever I carve out time to visit kind of my little altar of the ancestors in our home, I I feel a little guilty because there's often big chunks of time uh, 
between my visits and I feel like I should be visiting more often. Um, so that was a really nice reminder for me. And I also want to mention that, you know, as Lindsay Rose said, even healers need a spiritual mentor. So the time to get a spiritual mentor is not when you're in the midst of crisis or major transition necessarily. I mean, yes, that's that's a common time. But what I would say is, you know, you, you establish a relationship through learning from someone, uh, you know, learning from someone who's a great teacher. And then you have someone to call on in a spiritual emergency that you already trust. So if you don't have a spiritual mentor in your life, don't wait until you're in crisis or major transition to get one because even healers need spiritual mentors. I also really loved the way that Lindsay Rose talked about becoming her own nurturer when she identified the anxiety that was coming up um, from those feelings of abandonment. And I loved it when she said she loved the part of herself that was anxious. And just even the way she was talking to herself, I found that very touching. And I'm definitely going to reframe let it go to mean let it out. That was really great. Um, And remember, uh, that Reiki, that tip to get Reiki is so important because not only does Reiki, that energy work, surface density of energy in in your body and in your spiritual being, but also, if nothing else, it's you allowing yourself to be nurtured. That's so important when you're feeling like it's all you can do to just get your pants on and leave the house every day. So... Yeah, I really want to thank Lindsay Rose for coming on the show. That was just jam-packed with great resources, and um, I really felt her heart in that. If you'd like to connect with Lindsay Rose, there's two websites I'd like to bring to your attention. So to book sessions with her or to find out more about her school, you can go to Lindsay Rose Heal. So it's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-R-O-S-E Heal. And if you'd like to learn more about what Lindsay's up to right now, I'll tell you, she has been doing some really amazing cross-country road trips with her and her her sidekick there, her dog Jake. So you could go to lindsayrosesoul.wordpress.com to find out more about where she's been on her uh, cross-country journey and where she is in her healing journey. And finally, to learn more about Love School, you can go to locateyoursoulmate.com. So I think that was a perfect way to finish this format of the Numinous podcast. So this is episode 60, and I'm going to take a hiatus uh, for a while and um, press pause on the interviews for a bit. However, This episode, it turns out, segues perfectly into a special edition Numinous podcast. The next show is going to be a recorded lecture I gave uh, live to a National Association of Hypnotherapists here in Canada on healing the abandonment wound. Of course, it's directed towards using hypnotherapy for that, but I'm synthesizing uh, the work of 
several neurologists, therapists, sociologists, uh, and talking about how we can address that abandonment wound. As Lindsay Rose was saying, even though she grew up in a very loving and supportive family, abandonment happens to all of us. And so it can happen through death or divorce or disease. It's basically any time when you are stuck and life keeps moving on. And then, of course, there are those of us who did not grow up in loving, supportive homes. And so there may have been addiction or abuse, or perhaps there there was bereavement very early. There's all different ways in which we're all affected by abandonment. And of course, the very primal abandonment wound is the loss of our mother's heartbeat. You know, that's the first time when we suddenly realize that we're alone in the world is right after birth. And it's a, a visceral precognitive experience, but we all have it. And so yeah, I, I hope that you'll enjoy that special long-form edition. And uh, in the meantime, you can always go to my website, carmenspaniola.com, C-A-R-M-E-N-S-P-A-G-N-O-L-A. And you can just go to the bottom footer there and sign up for my newsletter. I send about 10 a year, and that's how you and I can keep in touch. Thanks so much for listening to the show and for supporting my work. And until next time, take care. Take care.